Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens, so prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trep Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Reviews are greatly appreciated because they help the podcast grow. Here at Trep Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hey, this is Sierra Nicole, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Nicole Invest. Or you can find me on Facebook at Sierra Nicole. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction, and legacy over lost time. I am an entrepreneur. I am a leader. I am the power of empowerment. I am the lady of leverage. I am a trip star. If you would like to stay in touch or ask me any questions on how to create the business, the money, and the life that you want, feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mel underscore McSherry. That's M-E-L underscore M-C-S-H-E-R-R-Y. Or check me out on my website. That's www.MelissaMcSherry, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-M-C-S-H-E-R-R-Y dot Nets. Hi everyone, my name is Mel McSherry and I am an international business development coach and speaker. I predominantly work with women business owners who are exhausted and overwhelmed by everything that they think they need to do so they can be successful. I slash their stress by showing them how to prioritize their time, their profit avenues, and themselves correctly so they can create the business, the money, and the life that they want and the time that they have. I'm extremely excited to be sharing my journey with the listeners of Trep Life, not only as a single mom and a business owner, but also how speaking has been a profitable lead generator for my business. Hello, Mel. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I am very well, thank you. How was that process? Was it hard? Was it... Okay. No, not really. Okay. Um, it didn't really give me a, a like an alert that you were on, so I just was manically checking the bell. <laughs> so that you invited me, so it's all good. I'll definitely have to take that up with Anchor. It's supposed to be automatic, but it rarely is these days. Choice mm-hmm. of technology. Yes. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, and just want to thank Asta for introducing us as well. She's so phenomenal. Yes, definitely. Um, and so um, I've, you know, just been looking at your content and studying you and, um, you know, kind of just to prepare for um, today's discussion. Mm-hmm. But Tell me how you leverage uh, social media since that's the way we connect it. I love to use social media as almost a window into who I am and how I've built my business. I think that social media 
can tend to, you know, it's, it's just pictures, right? So we, we just get pieces of people's journeys or pieces of people's experiences. And it's usually the good stuff. And I like to use social media to just show my process and show, you know, not only my successes, but my lessons learned and the areas that go around and affect my business being a a primary caregiver to a special needs son. And, um, you know, just, just other little things that can tend to derail your day as a business owner. So I, I like to use it as just a way to connect with more people who are experiencing the same thing, but may not feel like other people are, if that makes sense. Right. Definitely. Cause sometimes in social media, we can get into our, our own worlds, but at the same time, living vicariously through other people's worlds. Yeah. And as a solopreneur, you know, it's lonely. You're, right. you're working from home. Um, you, you know, you have your clients, hopefully, but you also are just on this island trying to figure out how to make it and how to be successful. And I've definitely noticed that that sense of community is really sought after. And I think that's why a lot of us primarily use it is because we do want that sense of community. We want to connect with somebody, even if it's somebody that we don't know in real life. But again, to know that, okay, they went through this and not only showing that they went through it, but helping others either go through the same thing or bypass it all together. I'm, I'm really big on, you know, sharing actionable things that you can do so you could learn from my mistake or bypass it. And, you know, to, again, be a resource and show them that they're not alone in this, in this process. Definitely. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that. Uh, that's definitely my style. Like, here, here's where I screwed up at. Mm-hmm. You can do it better than me, you know. Yeah. Or people even get just, that wrong sometimes. Yeah. Or even just, even if you don't have a resolution yet, just sharing where you are. Right. I, th- I think sometimes a lot of people don't want to share their struggles until they have a resolution. And I think that does people a disservice because then you're going to, you unknowingly minimalize it because you turned it into the short before and after conversation instead of you guys have seen me struggling with this now for X amount of days. Here's what finally came from it and taking people on that journey with you. And yes, and letting it, marinate over time because Mm -hmm. things do happen in real time you are dealing with the stress of emotions and the fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. while you're trying to come to a resolution that's Mm -hmm. real yeah and so like you know when you just come up with the well you're you know kind of giving the the backstory behind it when you present the resolution it does minimalize it to a certain extent Mm mm-hmm Definitely. So how did you start your business? It's been a progression. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years now, which is insane. Okay. Uh, my first business was in the fitness industry. I was a certified personal trainer and I did in-home um, trainings, outdoor boot camps, bridal boot camps. And then when my son was born in 2011, I was married at the time and it was just too hard to travel and, and build the business the way that I wanted to build it. Um, his dad works in Major League Baseball, so he has gone a lot. And so it was, it was pretty much me figuring it out from, from day one. 
And I realized I just couldn't make it work. And I was, you know, I was definitely frustrated, which we all hit those pivots in our businesses or in our lives in general, where we have these obstacles or new situations that come at hand and we have to go, oh, okay, now what? And I actually ended up taking a step to the side because I don't believe in step back. And I ended up connecting with my father's company and being an online medical biller, which was Oh, so awesome. Um, again, one of those things where I had to make a decision that fits, that fit what I needed, but wasn't exactly what I wanted. And though I wasn't really happy with what I was doing, it did give me a chance to reevaluate, you know, the time that I have, what do I want to create within it? And what did that look like to me? And what ended up happening is I got connected to an online or to a network marketing company called Beachbody. And I was an online health and fitness coach for them. And I thought this was perfect. You know, I could start building my, my business virtually. I could stay in the fitness industry. I can help people on their, on their health and fitness journeys. But what ended up happening was I got extremely addicted to the business development side and really working and working one-on-one with women business owners and helping them develop their businesses. Cause I have the privilege of growing up in a very entrepreneurial household. My father owns a very successful company now several unsuccessful companies as I was growing up. So growing up with that constant example, both of my grandfathers owned their own businesses, two of my uncles do. And I was noticing that these business basics that I just learned through watching them wasn't being taught in network marketing, which was, you know, really helping people, but predominantly women, because it's network marketing is a, a predominantly female driven business, who they are, you know, they just told them to share their story and they didn't tell them how to craft their story or who their story connects to. It was just share, copy, paste, you know, invite, blah, blah, blah. And all of these women were getting so overwhelmed and so overextended because they were trying to help everybody instead of taking a minute to really understand who they are, who they connect with, with the best and how they can start sharing their story and this opportunity in a very authentic way. And when I started training my team that way, which is different from a, a lot of the other coaches, my team exploded. And that got the attention of higher ups at Beachbody. So I started doing team calls and trainings for them. That got the attention of other people um, and other network marketing companies. So I started doing team calls and trainings for them. And I just kept seeing this repeating need of women really needed a resource to help them prioritize their time and themselves correctly, as, as well as give them the permission to truly identify what they want to create within that time. And... 2015, um, I was in the middle of my divorce and I had one foot in what I found out later was coaching because I didn't really know what I was doing uh, and one foot in, in fitness. And I figured if there's any time to fully pivot into a new chapter, it's now. So I had the pleasure of having a year long internship with John Maxwell and his uh, international leadership team, which was phenomenal got my coaching certification through him. And in 2016, I left Beachbody, launched this company fully in 2017. And it's just been an absolute amazing experience. And I now predominantly work with women business owners who are exhausted and overwhelmed by everything that they think they need to do in order to be successful. So I show them how to prioritize their time profit avenues and themselves correctly so they can truly create what they want in a time that they have. Like prioritization is a major theme, right? For you. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. So 
you gave a really good example on that on social media um, in terms of dishes. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can you kind of give us maybe a, a different example since you already used that one? Give us an exclusive. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of, I'll even just kind of go back. So if you're um, new to business, if you're a new business owner, a new entrepreneur, um, you hear all of these things that you quote unquote need to have. So you need to have a website, you need to have social media, you need to have an LLC, you need to have blah, 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 blah. And so many newer entrepreneurs get caught up in those, um, in those details to where they're actually being, they're becoming a procrastination device. So what I love to do, and this was the example that I was giving with the dishes is I was looking at, okay, what is the first thing I want to accomplish in my business? And for most people, that's getting a client, right? Like bringing money in. So do you really need an LLC to bring in a client? No. No. Do you really need a website to bring in a client? No, you can just network. Exactly. So your first thing is to figure out how's the best way that you can network. And that is actually truly understanding your message, which is some people call it your elevator pitch. I hate that term, but it's really figuring. Yeah. It's it's really figuring out who you are, the problem that you solve, how do you solve it? Who do you solve it for? And that way you can start introducing yourself effectively and getting people to know you and getting people in your calendar to talk to So it's taking all of these things that you feel like you have to do, which is why I say, you know, everybody feels like they have the things they have to do in order to be successful and really looking at, no, what is really the money-making move you can do first that's going to give you what you want? And then what are the other things that you can start filling in later as the time or need sees fit, you know? Because I, I kind of love hate when people say that, like, you have to have a website. Yeah. Well, websites are going to cost you three thousand to five thousand dollars right now. Maybe maybe you can do a little cheaper. Um, you can if depending on how much you're willing. Well, that's to depending invest. on if you do it. Yeah, or if you want right. to do it yourself because it's it's, it. it's always an investment. It's either right. an investment of your time, which is taking you away from clients, which is money out of your pocket, or it's instant money out of your pocket because you let somebody else do it. But do you even maybe have people? They do it the way you want to, you know, web development. Well, you may even are... not know how. If you yeah. don't know who you are, and you don't, you don't have anybody to send to that website, then you're putting the cart before the horse. Right. You don't know and how pe- your clients are funneling in. You don't know what exactly. The you don't are. know where they get yeah. their information from or how they get it. It's yeah. You don't know a... your clients because you don't have any clients yet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So hanging all of these shingles, quote unquote, or even, you know, coming from the coaching aspect, oh, I have to get a certification. Not really. You know, don't you, if you, if you feel like you want to strengthen, you can actually strengthen yourself as a coach in parallel to working with clients, because typically your clients are the people who were, who were you two to five years ago. So, you know, those problems, you know, what you did to solve those for yourself. Now, if you want to elevate that, then yes, in parallel, then you need to continuously educate yourself or, or, you know, explore new avenues for yourself that you can then pay forward to your clients. But yeah, it's, it's these things that we feel like we have to do. And not a lot of us hire somebody, because that's what I do, or even just allow somebody to look at our big picture for us and really help us break it down into actionable 
profitable steps. And I think this is, um, I think at times, maybe I had both of these issues that I'm going to present to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So in terms of coaching, I felt like, well, if I need a coach, then I can't be the best entrepreneur ever. I'm not really fulfilling my potential. Mm -mm. I need help, you know, sort of thing. It goes back to Mm -hmm. that, right? And then two is, um, do you get trapped in the ideal of what you want your client to be? Um, not And not you personally, but have you seen people kind of think, I have this idea, my client is going to be like this, my client's business is going to be set up like this, my client's mm-hmm. going to want this, my client is going to see this in me? Mm-hmm. I actually see people... Not exactly thinking, like, so hooked on to who they think their client needs to be. A lot of them get hooked on to who's going to pay me for this. And they actually design an avatar of somebody that they don't truly connect with because they don't think that they could make a living off of them. Does that make sense? Right. Like, a lot of people that I have talked to before, you know, they have goals and they, they want to make a good living being a coach, which you can do. Right. But then I'll ask them who they love to work with. And like, well, I can't work with them because they're not going to be able to help me create the lifestyle that I want. And what I, what I always love to tell people is that you're not going to make what you want right off the bat. And you're definitely not going to do it with one type of person, but who you are now and who you connect to now, that's your base. So it's hitting that first milestone of this. If this is your person, then these sales, you know, these leads are going to come faster. The sales are going to close faster because this is your person. And what we do then is then create that first milestone financially. And then when we hit that, then we look at, okay, now are there any new people that you can serve with this new education that you have or this new experience that you have? Or if not, what is the next? Maybe it's the person below you. So then we create a lower and offer. So now we've got these two funnels that create that next milestone in income. And so I think sometimes people go straight for the C-suite levels, right? They go straight for these thought leaders, for all these people that already have a good amount of income. And, you know, they're just targeting that because they think that's going to be the faster turnaround or rates or return on investments. But really, if you're not, if you, if you don't have the services for that person, if you don't truly connect to that person, you're not going to sell a thing. So having, so honoring your strengths and honoring who connects to that, and then working with somebody to help ensure that you are formalizing those funnels, because you're going to have more than one. Every successful business owner has multiple funnels and platforms of where they generate income from. But it's again, stepping it out piece by piece. So you're not overextending yourself by offering yourself out to five different types of people, you start with the one that you can make the biggest impact faster, you know, the fastest impact with. And then once we hit that, that hit that base, what is the next step and who is the next person we can introduce you to? Right. So it's a gradual process. Always. It's oh, And it's always evolving because you're always evolving. Right. So you know, the coach that you were when you started in 2017 isn't the same coach that you are in 2019. It's not going to oh, be the same no. coach <laughs> that you're going into 2020 <laughs> with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah. It's, the people are yeah. getting a better, you know, maybe not a better is not the right term, but a, 
a different version of you, right? Yeah, they're getting yeah, they're, they're getting Mel 4.0 and next year they got Mel 5.0 because everything I'm continuously pushing myself and extending myself in offers and learning new things because again, I know my client who is 2 years behind me, I know exactly where they are. And if I have now all of this extra experience, all of this extra knowledge, why would I hoard it and not share it with them as, as soon as they're not when they're ready cuz nobody's really ready, but when it's a good fit for them and where they are in their business. I want to touch on what you just said. No one's ever mm-hmm. really ready. So because I, and I feel the same way because I think any experience is, um, especially in entrepreneurship is a growth. It's going to mm-hmm. challenge you on some level. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're never really ready. But what, what do you think that notion comes from of being ready? What what I, is that? What is the difference between being ready and just being prepared, which we all have to be, right? Ooh, that's a great question. I would say definitely being ready is step one. What and that's to me, what's coming to me is like you're ready to learn, you're ready to fail, you're ready to um, take steps, and then when you're ready. Then you see, okay, what preparation do I need to make to take, to, to elevate that, right? Like what resources, then it's looking at what resources do you have that will help you with those next steps and what resources do you need to bring in so you can make sure that you're taking those steps in the right direction. And again, you know, you always make the best decisions you can in the moment with the resources that you have. So I don't think anybody ever really makes a bad decision Everybody does the best that they can with the knowledge that they have at that time. And the cool thing about that is that you will always learn something as long as you are learning from it and applying what you learn, not just backtracking or quitting. Then it's just a matter of, okay, now I know from this experience, this is, this is what I need now. This is what I don't need. And what are the resources that I have to help me take those steps? So I always tell my clients, you can be as prepared I mean, we're natural preparers. Like we're hoarders with that. We love to go to conferences. We love to read all the self-help books. We love to quote Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and Jen Rome up the wazoo. Everybody's prepared, but nobody is, but the ones who are ready that take that preparation and put it into action. That's, that's the kicker. And so when do you know you're ready to take action that you have enough knowledge to take the right action or because you never really know until you are until you turn that action into an accomplishment right it's yeah it's you it's it's trusting yourself and it's easier said than done but even just narrowing narrowing that down a little deeper even if it's just you have an inkling that you want to start your own business but you have no idea what that is. Then to help, so you're ready to, to figure out what you want to do. So to be prepared to do that, the next step would be to find resources, a person, a conference, a book, or something that will help you get clarity on that. And then when you get clarity on that, then it's like, okay, now I'm ready to, now that I have the clarity, I'm ready to start building the business. So it's the exact same steps now that you're ready then you need to get the resources and the preparation 
to start your business. And then, then I'll turn to all these little funnels. Like maybe you're not good at sales or maybe it's the networking. Like what is that first obstacle that is really inhibiting the rest of your business that you need to be a little bit more prepared for? And what are the resources that you have? So just trusting that, you know, the direction, then it's just asking somebody to help with those first steps. Like you have that true North and now it's just saying, okay, what resources or what person can help narrow that down a little bit more. So I actually know what is my next step and what is it that I need to strengthen or what is it that I need to highlight to get me there? So do you believe in personality assessments and their effectiveness? I do. I, you know, I do, but there's a ton of them. And I think people are now starting to categorize each other before they get to know each other. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I've even seen it. And I, I, I used to be on online dating. I don't do online dating anymore, but that would now be in like guys descriptions. And like, why are you, why, why, why would you like- categorize yourself on that? Like I'm, and in, so, I, I think I have that in my uh, Instagram profile. I, do I'm, you? I'm INTJ for it because I yeah. Sometimes I'm the I'm not always INTJ. Sometimes I'm INTF. Okay. So one of those. But two. I think it's yeah. It's it's setting up. It's setting up a connotation. What I like to do actually is get to know somebody first, right, and then do a personality test just be like you know what? I just really want to make sh- for me to make sure that I'm communicating effectively and uh, and the motivating them correctly exactly because- but the fir- the last thing I want to do is like okay before we even work together here fill out this test so I know yeah, I exactly know. your trade yeah that's yeah. that's just setting that's just setting somebody up with 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 context and I don't I don't agree with that so I, I see them to as me, a bonus like- resource but not a rule one yeah <laughs> vetting out process no oh either yeah sorry we lost you for a second but no. um to me it's a more refined um way of astrology right where you're exactly like, i was just I thinking that uh gemini's i don't date libras i like be like really like, have you met all of them? Like, you might be. Yeah. Your soulmate might be a Gemini. Your soulmate might be a Libra. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. And um, I'm actually working on a project with uh, zodiac signs and compatibility, um, which will be interesting. But because it's, it, I've, I've never really thought about it too in depth until I decided to start this project. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like. I, I can't think of what that person was actually like there's a few people who I know but I'm like really I I, I don't know I, I have no clue you know yeah like I've had business partners I don't know what their personality types are yeah I, and I don't I even mean, know and- if I would be curious to find out to be honest I mean, you could find out the same exact things by just asking the right questions, right? right. Like, yeah. what mo- what motivates you? What's your work ethic like? Like, how do you envision? What are your expectations with this business? And how do you envision it? Like, there's if, if you're not connecting, so, you know, whether as a business partner or as a future coach or whatever you're looking for, if you, if you, if the answers don't connect to you and you're not excited by it or, like I said, connected to it, then 
there's a, there, there's a personality problem. Like it's just, yeah. but to, again, like, yeah, to, to just be like, Oh, you know, what is, are you a swan? Are you an emerald? Are you a otter? Like, I don't like, like what? Why, like, why uh, would, yeah. Just, yeah. Off the bat. Like, no, I, I don't yeah. think, I, I don't think that's healthy that, because I, I think we get into the notion of we don't want to waste time. Right. So mm-hmm. we're trying to always pre-qualify things and look for mm-hmm. anything that would be a red flag. And mm-hmm. I, I think I'm guilty of that to an extent, but I, I try not to take the narrow view. I try to see things from different, as many different angles as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going back to that trust factor too. So as a business owner, if you're, if you're talking to a potential client, if you know who your ideal client is and you really are connected to your strengths, the problem that you solve and how you solve it, and there is this just this feeling in your gut or this kind of red flag that keeps coming up, you need to trust that. And you need to know that your ideal client, you won't feel like that. It will be the easiest phone call ever. Like it will just be And I've had many, many, many examples of this in the beginning. I didn't trust my gut and I had people, I fired two clients because I was like working with the wrong clients is probably in my top five, the worst things you could ever do as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I don't want people, that's why I, I do what I do because, and I work with business owners who've been in business from six months to about two years. Right. So they're still in that kind of weeding out phase. And they're in that, um, they're in that mind space of, I just want to, you know, I just want to make money and I just want to get clients and how exhausting that is and overwhelming. And, you know, you, you work with these people that just make you second guess what you're good at. That's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't need to be like that. Your ideal client, if you are true to who you are and the problem that you solve, that person will come. And one of my favorite sayings that I say all of the time is that you need to learn to say no to the good so you can say yes to the best. Yes. Because that's what's really going to create the business, the money, and the life that you want. You have to trust yourself and know what you know and and and, and go with it. Because if you if you spend your – that's not why we started our own business. We didn't start our own businesses to be miserable, to work with everybody. We started our own businesses because we wanted to have a great work-life blend. We wanted to work with the people that we wanted to work with and make the money that we wanted to make and the time that we wanted to spend on it. And why would you completely void all of that for a couple of hundred thousand, a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks with a jerk (laughs) panic mode. And then it creates a hard experience because when you look back and you reflect on your memories. Oh, are you there? Um, I was either working with clients or even outside of entrepreneurship where I was Mm -hmm. working with bad managers, Mm -hmm. you know, where there wasn't any opportunity for growth there. And I'm thinking about, you know, people think. I'll quit a job if the fit just doesn't feel right anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's, if I don't feel like I can grow with what in that environment, what, if I'm not learning anything, I'm not mm-hmm. bettering myself in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. I'll say, it's, it's time to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy but to, to a lot of people. But I think when you really factor in time 
and mm-hmm. what you're cultivating in the present moment mm-hmm. and how that will affect the future. Ooh, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. You cut out for a minute. But um, going back to continuing this conversation of trust, mm-hmm. can other people trust you if you don't trust yourself? <sighs> they, they can trust you, but it's not going to go very far. Okay. Because I, it's, when you don't trust yourself, you still have, when I think of not trusting myself, I still think of, well, I'm going to try, but I'm not like a hundred percent sure. And I, and I think that's where this term comes in that I also don't appreciate where people say fake it till you make it. Oh, I hate that too. I hate that term. Cause I'm like, why, why on earth would you want to put in front a persona that is not you? So then you can learn how to be you. Like that just makes no sense to me. And you and have so, to be you and you have to learn how to be yourself in secret. Yeah. Affecting the persona, right? Yeah. You can't show a, which means a crack. You, yeah. Yeah, which means you're bringing on people that you don't connect to. And then you are in this constant state of imposter syndrome, of reaction mode, of, yeah, of constant like panic. And I don't get that. So I think people can, quote unquote, trust you if you're putting that persona that they can trust you. But there's no degree of success there for either of you whatsoever. I, I think it's very difficult um, to form those relationships uh, to, in terms of building trust with people. Like uh, if, if you don't have trust in yourself and because I think you sometimes will give off the same tendencies that an untrustworthy person might. Mm in your in your exchanges with another individual mm-hmm. i think that's just in general not even outside of business right mm-hmm. so I, i've heard the quote in sales is a person will listen to you if they like you and a person will buy from you if they trust you mm-hmm. and i think that's true yeah i always say the first rule of sales is they buy you they have to buy you yeah more so than the product Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's why sales is so transferable. Mm. It's a lot easier for someone who's um, sold cars to get into real estate, to get into technology, whatever. You know, they're making the deal based on them and their own personal brand. Yeah, that's, you know, that's really, that's a really interesting thought because sales is so scary to a lot of business owners and especially coming from, you know, the female end of it. We always say, oh, we're not salespeople. We just just want to help people. And the thing is, is that I don't even, because they don't want to talk about themselves or they don't want to pressure anybody or they don't want to be that creepy person that, you know, you get the hundred LinkedIn messages from or the hey girl messages from on, on Facebook. And we've all gotten them. Um, And to me, it's, you know, I think we're, we're putting again, it's almost like going back to the personality test, like we're putting sales, quote unquote, in this category that I just really don't think is, is true. I don't think sales, I think no matter what you do. So going back to your example of the person who if he's good at sales, in one area, he's gonna be good in sales in the other. It's not that he's good at sales. 
he's knowing that his person and the problem that he solves is in different business categories. And he's still aiming at the same problem. He's still going at it and asking the same questions because he's identified the problem that he can solve and how he solves it. He just happens to also know that that problem is in multiple areas of business. Right. So I don't think it's just the active sales. We're like, oh, if you can sell one place, you can sell another. It doesn't matter if you don't know who you connect with and how you talk to them and what you can do to help them. And so, you know, relieve a pain point, then you're not going to sell anything to anybody. But it, it is also, I don't even, it, it's a sense of trust. And it's also that sense of connecting yourself, connecting to who you are and being confident in that. And I, I think a lot of people um, struggle with that transition. That's why I think your um, business is really phenomenal because it's capturing that niche, getting people early. Mm-hmm. And setting that, helping them set that foundation for themselves mm-hmm. and their businesses. Yeah, because I, 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 those are my people. <laughs> yeah. And I will admit, I, I had a moment of, oh, and then I'll work with C suite. Like I, 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 I drank the C suite Kool Aid for a little bit because it does technically seem easier. But at the end of the day, it was, it was just me practicing what I'm preaching and going, okay, if this really is my financial goal then what is my first base that I need to create? And then how can I honor the people that I want to work with as well as honor my time and my financial goals? Because I, I, I have financial goals and I think it's, but business owners in general, women especially, need to honor their money roles. Like they need to honor that they like money. It's okay right. to like money. That does not make you a bad person. That does no! not make your cause or your company's mission any less valid you're not a no, fraud no you're not an imposter syndrome it, it, exactly because it's, it's yours it's 100 yours you, you dictate you exactly it. and you dictated what you wanted to earn and now it's just creating a plan to back it up but that's all it is and your ability to earn an income dictates a lot of how you can influence um people in your life but also the world yeah exactly yeah. And so I'm, I'm always open with what I, I mean, I don't give like, num- I don't, I don't like say, Hey, every day I'm like, Hey, guess how much I sold this month. But I, if somebody asks me, I definitely tell them because I, I don't want money to be a dirty subject for anybody, but especially women. I want, I want people to be proud of what they make and be proud of what they want to make and structure it accordingly. I, I think, you know, for a lot of us, when we think we, we think of the number, and then we get freaked out because we don't know the how. Nobody right. knows the how ever. So that's what I love to do is in those basic stages, teaching them how to, okay, now that we've got that true north direction, let's prioritize it down. So to get to that, what do you need to do each month? To get to that, what do you need to do each week? To get to that, what do you need to do each day? And what is extremely important for you to make those money moves to continue to move forward? What's again, what is, what are you doing that's profitable not productive. There's a difference. And in, and knowing that, you know, it's, yeah, it, the how comes, it always does, but you need to at least start taking steps forward first to figure out that how for you and, you know, what that's going to look like for you. So things change and the way things play out definitely changes. You said you've been in entrepreneurship for
for, you know, the, a decade now, right? It's so weird to hear you say that, but yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not too far behind you. I'm like, I think seven or six years into it. So mm-hmm. how do you, because from my perspective, um, like my background is in marketing. Mm-hmm. Marketing has completely changed where mm-hmm. I don't even tell people like I used to be able to tell people the ins and outs of marketing mm-hmm. now I don't even advertise myself like that mm-hmm. because it's just changed so much and to be honest I just didn't keep up with what was changing mm-hmm. but I know that what the things that I used to be able to do they're not going to play out the same if mm-hmm. I try to apply them now mm-hmm. so I'm saying all this to ask you how have you seen the climate of entrepreneurship change since you've been in the game? I would say the sexiness of it has changed. Absolutely. I, I, growing up was my father being an entrepreneur. Everybody just thought he was unemployed. (laughs) Like that was, that was the original thought. If somebody came to you in the early eighties, nineties, you know, even early two thousands, like, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, Oh, pretty. That's so nice. Like, yeah. Nobody took that really seriously. Unemployed, not self-employed, right? Exactly. Like, oh, that's nice. You're starting your own business. Um, so I, the sexiness has definitely changed. But with that, a degree of the, the actual life of an entrepreneur has become skewed. And because people think it's so sexy, they think it's easy. Yeah. And I just have to have one good idea and then it will take off. Like, and then you've got the books, like the four hour work week. And, you know, and again, going back to social media, you see these people who are making, you are 28 years old and making seven figures. But what you don't see is they started when they were 16 and they've been doing this for 12 years. Like it's not an overnight success. And that's one thing that I really try to hone in on or keep setting examples of in my social media. Because again, if you just scroll through my time, you're like, Oh, look, she traveled here. She traveled there. She's talking about tripling her annual income. But then if you go to my Instagram stories, you're going to see like my dish story and you're going to see like I had a rough day with my son or, you know, I, I made this financial error or, you know, I had a rough month. Like I share that. So I think. And I scroll all the way back this morning too. I was like, 2017 or something like that 2018 yeah Yeah. so it was like I saw a lot of content that you know just like checking things out yeah and you know it's so I love that the idea of being an entrepreneur is now something that is in line with success and being successful but I don't like that the lines are getting blurred in regards to how do you create a successful business and what entrepreneurship means in, in, in ways of a lifestyle. Like everybody talks about the work-life balance, which is such BS. And it's like, it's not a balance. It's a blend. Some days you're going to be, you're going to be working your ass off. And yeah, it's some not days, a 50, 50 no, equation sort not, of thing. Yeah. Right. And but that's the way we try to present it. Well, exactly. And it's not. And yeah, I, you know, some again, days I'm going to be a better entrepreneur. Some days I'm going to be a better whatever else you are. Yeah. Life, right? Or if you have it, not, if you have to, if you choose to load one day up with calls, then you have the choice of how you want to recover that next day. 
Right. I have, I have my event tomorrow, Friday. I'm not taking any phone calls because I know for myself when I run an event, especially when it's mine, that takes a lot of energy from me and I am toast. So I am quote unquote hustling, which I also don't like that term, but I am strategically choosing to have busier days leading up to my event. So then come Friday, you're getting my out of office till Monday morning. And that's a choice that I'm making. But people think that, you know, in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to only have three hours of sleep or you have to work 20 hours a day or you have to do this and have to do that. And I'm beyond some, guilty of that. So, yeah. And it, the thing and when people tell me that because most people use that as a way to get praise, Be like, oh, you're such a good entrepreneur. You worked 20 hours the other day. In my mind, I'm like, how unorganized are you? Because if you're working 20 hours, and there are going to be some days where it's going to be, again, crazy another, and you choose how you choose, and you work the best way that you can, right? Some people just work. Yeah. Some, some people just are love work. Yeah. And, and they just love to work all the time. And that is fine. Like, if you don't feel like that you are negating yourself or your family, you, and if you're happy and, and, and you're in it to win it, I am not, not going to change that for you whatsoever. But when somebody is telling me that, and then they're telling me they're also exhausted. They're not making any money. They're overwhelmed. Then I'm like, okay, now, now there's a disconnect. Like if you are working 20 hours and you're not seeing any growth in your business whatsoever, then that to me just means that you are just, you're just being busy. You aren't being profitable. And again, profitable and productive are two different things. So what is it that you can start doing that will help you be profitable in the time that you have? And continue taking steps without you having to spin your wheels and have your hands in 10, to, 10 different cookie jars at the same time. Yeah, like, I'll say me working nonstop, only trying to sleep five hours a day, um, eyes open, eyes closed, I'm hustling, I'm grinding, I'm doing whatever it needs to be done, mm -hmm. and not being demanding about how I spend my time. Mm-hmm. Doing all that had me pretty much close to death where from 2000, pretty much 2018 until a few, maybe four months ago, mm -hmm. until really when I started the podcast, I had to take that time off, mm -hmm. just, right? Just to become healthy again. Yeah. I'm functionally healthy where I... Um, because my health had gone into utter, utter chaos. Yeah. And it's that, you know, I've, I've heard so many stories about that. And it's for some people, you have to hit that bottom in order for you to figure out, oh, this isn't, this isn't healthy. Because right. I'm sure I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to bet a lot on it, but I'll bet a little bit that there had been people along the way with you that are like, were, that said that they were worried or were trying to get you to not work so hard out of just because they wanted you to take care of yourself and you probably didn't listen. Is that kind of correct? To a certain extent, when people say that and then they don't have the same work ethic as you, it yeah. does kind of fall on ears. I'm going to be honest. I, I totally get where you're coming like, from with that. I totally get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need to take it easy. You know, life is, about yeah yeah uh, yeah okay yeah you cool. do that with your nine to five job I yeah got, I got cool. you 
Man, I, the weekends yeah. are for us, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I totally, I totally get that too. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you have, you know, your surrounding circles aren't very, aren't entrepreneurial. Um, but again, their concerns are still that they just want you to be, well, some of them, I'm sure some of them are just, they just missed you yeah. wanted you to like go out. It's or a little bit of a guilt trip. Maybe says something about it and you kind of pattern your work ethic after her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe yeah, don't dismiss that, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely look where the source is coming from. from. Yeah. But if I mean I have an amazing client who she loves to work. And I I her business well, her former business partner was worried about it. So as a coach, I just said, you know, what is your, what is your, re- your reaction? To it? Like, how do you talk to your husband about it? She's like, oh yeah. Like she goes, well, I work from when he leaves. So when he gets home and then when he's home, I'm his, she's like, I just work all the time when I'm home. And so I just really love what I do. I'm like, okay, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Like, are you making sure that you're at least giving yourself time so you can sustain this in a very healthy way? And she's like, yeah, I set alarms. And she's like, sometimes I forget to eat, which let's be honest, we all have those days. We're like, oh, crap, it's four o'clock. Why am I so hangry? And you realize, oh, I forgot to eat. But again, it's those check-in points for you, right? It's that, okay, if I kind of keep hearing this and I keep hitting walls and I'm not really, and really looking at what has been your return on investment mentally, emotionally, and financially. And if things aren't adding up, then that's, that's kind of, I hope would be the kick in the pants. You're like, Hmm, maybe this really isn't the best way to build a business. And for some, like I said, they have to hit that bottom. They have to be admitted into the hospital. They have to get mono. They have to have something where they're like, or have a nervous breakdown to where they're, they finally go, Oh, okay. Maybe something needs to change in my world. And for others, it's just, you touched on it a little bit just now. It's what they, what they think is the correct example. My father worked all the time. He's still, he's 65 and he still works all the time. The man is never going to retire. And it it did take me a while to understand that about him. And also know that that's just because that's what he did. Doesn't mean that's what I have to do to be the success that I want to be. So what are the positive things that I can take from growing up with this amazing example that I can customize to strengthen what I need to create my degree of success. And I think even for me to go a little deeper on it is it was twofold. Like, even though I was working and I'm killing myself pretty mm-hmm. much, right? I still had people saying that, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> You're not focused. Yeah. You're not disciplined. Um, even going as far as you, you have to improve your work ethic. Mm. You know, so operating from those negative points where I'm like, I'm going to prove them all wrong. Mm-hmm. I, no one can ever say that they're going to outwork me. And mm. you're, you know, I'm going at it with that standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I want to be, and that's still a goal for myself. I always want to be the hardest working person I know. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, I want to be in pursuit of that. Hmm. Um, but I think you can do that in a healthier way than what I was doing it as. Yeah. There's a difference between a motivator and an addict. Right. (laughs) Like it's, 
And I think it, I flirt with both of those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's one of those things where I, I, and this is what I love, what I do. And also love talking to people like you is you have a different motivator and drive than I do. And the one thing that I love about coaching and, and every coach who's worth their grain of salt will respect that and honor that. And then just help you with what you, with what you need help with. Does that make sense? Like I, I've talked to people before where they've told me something along those lines and I just kind of asked deeper questions. And one guy actually thanked me for not trying to fix him. And I'm like, well, again, like if you, if that's your motivator, who am I to be like, oh no, that's not your right motivator. If it's, if it's helped you get shit done till now, cool. Like how can we keep that up? But again, how can we make sure in parallel that it stays Right. in that fine line and you don't teeter over into addict or you don't teeter over into overwhelm and you know exhaustion balance parameters that we can apply here exactly what what systems of process we can then what can we delegate so you can just stay in what you love to do and the rest of the stuff that tends to overwhelm you or push you over can either be given to somebody else or streamlined or automated in another way like people need to know to play to their strengths. They don't have to change themselves to be successful. They just have to elevate themselves. So how did you get into from elevating yourself is your speaking engagements have taken off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In a pretty short period of time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I've been speaking. Um, it'll be two years in January. So a year and a half, almost a little over a year and a half. But you've been to three places in a week yeah right? <laughs> I, was in, I was in three different cities in three weeks so I had um seven events in six weeks but I'm wrapping up tomorrow so yeah and so what made you go into that I got I was well to, to go even further back my um original passion was theater so I did okay. theater throughout high school and I got accepted into a theater conservatory program in Seattle when I was 19. And that was my original pursuit was I was going to be an actor. And it, obviously it did not go anywhere, but I have always liked speaking and I've always been very comfortable in it. However, I was much more comfortable speaking somebody else's words than my own. And when I was going through my certification process with the John Maxwell leadership team, a part of that was you had to give a five minute talk to your table. And I, you know, I was like, Oh, okay. First, you know, the overwhelming of like, what the fuck do I talk about? Right. And then when I kind of got it, that narrowed down with a Facebook live that I did that just really resonated with me and wrote it down, I timed it out, I scripted it out, blah, blah, blah. And after I performed it, or not performed it, after I, I did it, I did a Facebook Live. And I actually just came up with my time hop the other day because it'll be three years ago last month that I knew this was something I wanted to do. I just, again, I didn't know the how, like how, how speaking was going to be a part of my business, but I knew it was going to be a part of it. And I've always been fascinated by amazing speakers, um, you know, just, I just, I love, I love speakers. I love anybody who can tell a story or anybody that can educate or, or simplify things to where people grasp onto it and then put it into action. That just like gets me so excited. And so I went to uh, a great conference called the summit of greatness, which is hosted by Lewis Howes. He's podcast author, awesome guy. 
and just a bunch of the, and it was just, it, it was purely professional and personal development. So all these phenomenal speakers, um, I heard Mel Robbins speak. I heard, um, oh my gosh, she was amazing. I like um, Lewis as well. Yeah, he's great. And then I heard Brendan Bruchard speak. I heard Chris Lee speak. I, I mean, just all these amazing speakers. And we had kind of a follow-up call, a group of us did, to talk about, you know, what were our biggest takeaways and what were our next steps. And I, and I just blurted out, I'm like, I'm going to be a speaker at the Summit of Greatness in 2020. And one of my friends who were on the call, he's like, great. Do you have a talk? I was like, nope. Like, I have no idea how that's going to happen. But I know I want to. And so he introduced me to the coach that I have now, who I've had for almost two years. And she gave me the starting steps to developing a signature talk and kind of the, again, this, the direction of how to start using this as a profit avenue. And then I've been taking that and just creating my own process with it. And it's just exploded. So the last uh, little over a year and a half, I've spoken over 55 times on podcasts. Um, inter- I've spoken twice internationally, webinars, conferences, women networking chapters, um, as well as become a best-selling Amazon author. And that's where I now predominantly get last year, actually alone. That's where I got every single one of my clients last year. And this year is now the stages have just gotten bigger. So I've spoken at two national conferences this year. I've been, have had a keynote this year. I've been on television this year. Um, so it's just been an amazing avenue for as a lead generator for my business. Definitely. I, I, I'm really happy that I was able to kind of start seeing the growth a few months ago, like mm-hmm. seeing your journey, you know, how everything is happening for you. Um, it's, it's definitely been a game changer. And it was something that was, it's so simple. It's not the term because I don't want to minimalize it, but it is something that is so effective that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, again, know that they kind of want to do like everybody wants to do a TEDx talk. Speaking is so sexy. Like speaking now is the new sexy. First it was entrepreneurs. Now everybody wants to be a speaker. Or everyone wants to have a podcast too. That's Every, the- exactly. Everybody wants to have a podcast. But again, using or those. Shout pop- out to Mike. Everyone wants to have a book. Yeah. We have him on. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's speaking is the fastest way for you to start making that visibility is the fast way for you to convert leads into sales because you have people in the room and in 30 minutes, they know exactly who you are, why you do what you do, what you do and how you do it and the results they are going to get. And and like we just said, the first rule of sales is they buy you. So you now have every single person in that room or at least 20 to 30% of them, if your conversion is great, who now completely and wholeheartedly trust, believe and want to buy you. And it's so much faster than going to networking events and just, you know, praying to God that you meet somebody that you'll get a coffee with two weeks later that you'll then, you know, hopefully land a client two months after that. This is, yeah, this is just like, boom, like they're in the room. You just get them in the calendar. They already know what you, what you do. And it's just a matter of going, when are you ready? Like, and then you call to action, you know? Yeah. Make an offer always. There is no such thing as ready. Yeah. So it's just that I'm here. You're here. Here's the offer. You enter out. So I'll tell you about a recent experience I have as far as Mm -hmm. speaking. Right. So 
I was, I applied to do a, a TEDx talk for Harper College. Are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went to Harper, have kind of a weird history with the school, actually. Um, and I was asking people, what should my topic be? And mm. I, I have a whole bunch of different, like, I know I could do a talk and I know I could do a really good talk on a multitude of different subjects. So I was, mm-hmm. I was really asking, what do you think would be the most marketable subject for me to do, topic for me to take on that mm-hmm. Harper would agree with, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. An institute, what would they be like? Oh, you know what? We, we need to have this topic. We need to go ahead with this and mm-hmm. find him on. Because I, I, as a strategic point, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of was just like well you should talk about trep life you should talk about the podcast and why you started it and what mm-hmm. it means to you and where is it's going and everything else mm-hmm. so I did start a talk on that but really uh long story short did not get accepted mm-hmm. to the TED talk the TEDx talk mm-hmm. I really thought there were more effective talks that I could have given mm-hmm. it on that platform Mm-hmm. Do you think strategy is more important or do you think speaking from passion is the point? Because everyone told me, go with what you're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really going to be most passionate about, you know, Trep Life and, mm-hmm. you know, that brand, mm-hmm. you know, the brand I'm building. Mm-hmm. But there were other more strategic options that I could have taken as far as talking. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Or- no, that makes total sense. Yeah. And- this is this is something that you and I get to work on tomorrow night, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, but to, to give you a, a sneak preview of that, it's a combination of both, of strategy and passion. And I think that's actually just the definition of an entrepreneur and business owner to begin with. Um, and your talk is the same way. So when somebody when they told you to talk about you know your journey with the podcast. I, I know their intention with that, but I think what they, what they really wanted, which is what I help my clients do, is really hone in on what is the big problem that you love to solve and that you've solved for yourself very well. And that question can be a little overwhelming because like you touched on and what I touched on earlier is that you know you, we have so many passions. We want to talk about so many things that we can do or that we have done or that we can do for others. But at the end of the day, if you really sit and look at it, there is a linear theme to all of those problems. Those are all umbrellaed under one big pain point. And with having a signature talk, especially in the way that I help my clients structure theirs out, is that you're going to highlight that big problem and big solution, but then you're also going to highlight how you solve that for yourself. So people, again, have that authentic connection to you. And then the middle are these content points that break it down into those little specific problems and solutions that add up to that big problem. So for example, and this is, this is something you're definitely going to hear tomorrow night, but for example, I, in my message, I work with women business owners who are exhausted and overwhelmed by everything that they think they need to do to be successful. So that's the problem. And that, that's very emotional. That's instant connectivity to somebody. They're like, yep. I've definitely felt that, or I definitely know somebody who has. 
So my solution is I show them how to prioritize their time, their profit avenues and themselves correctly. And then in my talk, I highlight how I took those first steps for myself and the results that I've gotten so far. And then the content points are the little things that they can do to make sure that they are prioritizing. So how do they tame their time? How do they identify what they want? Because all of those things help them get from out from under the overwhelming exhaustion and prioritize their stuff correctly. So you see how that works? Right. So it's that combination of strategy and passion. How can you effectively show people what you love to do, but the shit to back it up? <laughs> Pretty right. much, right? Like it's not a motivational talk and then you leave them all excited with no action steps. It's that combination of they're excited, they're motivated, they're inspired. Oh, look. And they also have valuable action steps that they can take for themselves as well as an opportunity to continue that relationship with you. I, yeah. I'm, we're going to definitely have to dive deep into that. <laughs> uh, um, it's, it's all resonating with me, but yeah. I, I have some some ideas, some questions, you know, so yeah. tomorrow, I'm tomorrow. That's why I'm so excited for it because, uh, you know, we're actually, I'm actually putting together the, uh, Trep life conference. So oh, okay. we're a bunch of different people that I've had on the podcast. Love to have you there, but you know, we can, don't have to commit now. We can talk about <laughs> that off camera. I'm in like Flynn. Let me know. Yeah. So it's, um, a lot going on with that. Um, and, but I, I think I'll have to have at least two, two to three talks prepared for that. So, and honestly, all of those talks are still going to stem from the same big problem. Big solution. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. 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 But that's, that's the joys of that is that you're not, you're not creating new content. You. You're yeah. just, you're just re refurbishing what you already know. That's aligned always with the same intention. And so I have two quick questions for you. Sure. Okay. That would have been a great segue for what I will announce it at the end. But um, what are your thoughts on or your current thoughts on network marketing? I, I, ha I appreciate network marketing. I, I really appreciate because here's the, it's, it's successful for a reason. And I believe network marketing does give, women especially, because it is, as I said before, predominantly female-driven, an amazing opportunity to create something that is theirs to create a profit avenue for themselves. But I say that when you join network marketing, it can go one of three ways. One, you will connect to everything about it, and you will live, eat, breathe, sleep, bleed, die, everything that is your network marketing company, and you will be very successful because that's just your jam, right? That's your niche. Or it's going to be an amazing catalyst like it was for me because it's going to give you those business basics. It's going to give you those resources of personal development, community, mentorship to where you can start developing from that how you want to take that to that next level for yourself or three, you're going to realize that you're just, that's just not your jam at all. <laughs> right. It's like, and that's the third one is typically because you just really didn't get a good person who brought you in to begin with because they didn't know their ideal client and they were just kind of whoring in whoever they could. Um, but I, I do love the sense of community with it. I do love the resources that they provide and they do. I mean, I, I have, five friends who are in network marketing that are multimillionaires that have made specific just from network marketing and they are real people and they 
work their asses off and they're amazing because they just found their niche with it. Um, but there are some things that aren't being still, they are, there still aren't business basics that are being highlighted that I see. Cause I still have, I have coaches that I work with in network marketing companies because they're, they're not, they're still missing those pieces of business basics of, you know, all I'm being told is just share and to, you know, make friends and to invite people, but they're not really showing them that strategic side of that passion. And they're, they're, they're still getting overwhelmed. So I still think there's, there's spaces where it can improve like everybody else's business, but I definitely appreciate what it can create for people and what it does create for people. Okay. I lied. I think I have two more questions. <laughs> um, it's your podcast. <laughs> no, that's right. Thanks, Mel. You're Thank welcome. You <laughs> What are the go-to resources that you would provide for people in terms of apps that they can use to help with productivity before they can get to profitability or even profitability, you know, to use your terms, Mm -hmm. uh, books that they should read, um, you know, lessons that they should learn. What, what are, what are your recommendations as far as that? Um, I'll give you broad ones. I, I always love to talk to people first to really understand what their pain points are because I'm, I'm very customizable right. on, on what I quote, unquote prescribe. But I will say this for myself, what I do every day that has helped me be successful, one personal development. So to me, that's reading every morning. I wake up really early because I'm, 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 I'm just like a no sleeper person, but I do love waking up early in the morning. And I always read a personal development book in an area that I want to strengthen. So for me, when I first started, it was just, I was a procrastinator, like a ridiculous one. And my first book that I read was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Highly suggest that one. If you get really overwhelmed by processes and or you start six processes at once and never give them the quality that they deserve and everything just kind of shoots to shit. So I suggest that one if you're, if you're a procrastinator. Um, if you're somebody who is a team leader and you want to strengthen how you can be a better example for your team and um, you know, be a better example for yourself, I, there's another book called The Strategic Stop by Gregory, uh, Gregory Nelson. So I, I always suggest with really take a look at what is – what is something that you want to strengthen right now? And what is the resource that you can start reading and or listening and applying in your daily life to start strengthening that? Um, that would be, well, that's podcast. Everybody's different. But what is it that you can do every single day that will build something in your business to take you to that next level? I like those. I'll definitely have to check out. I read uh, The Compound Effect with Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, read that not too long ago. I think over summer. And then um, maybe April. Yeah. Nice. A little longer ago. Yeah. But um, I have to check out that other one. Yeah, the please do. That's stuff. Okay. And then, so we've been talking about terms that we don't like that get tossed around a lot. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about providing value? How do I feel about providing value? That term, 
or anything, you know, it's like insert blah, blah, blah value. That's what I hear all the time now. Uh, Yeah. I'm providing value all the time. I want to make sure that all of our interactions are high value. Mm, Okay. Does that make sense? That makes, yeah, that makes sense now. Um, I, I love value, but I, because I am definitely one of those people where, well, here's the thing. There's, it's great to give value, but you need to know your boundaries on who you're giving it to and how much and when a lot of people. And I was completely guilty of this in the beginning where I would share every single trick in my book to anybody who would listen. And I wasn't signing up a single client because I would They'd be like, oh, no, I, this is all I need for right now. I'm good. And all we had was an hour coffee. And I'd be like, oh, crap. Um, so knowing what value is for you. So to me, every post that I have, I want to add some sort of value, whether that is to inspire somebody or help somebody give that moment to question something with themselves and reflect on it. Or it's, a, it's an actual action step that they can start putting into their business or their daily lives is something that they struggle with. So to me, adding value means somebody walks away from either an interaction with me or one of my posts and they feel better or they feel inspired. Like they get a positive reaction from it. To me, that's, that's adding value. When somebody just comes to me and just like name drops and money drops and, you know, then asks me to work with them, you have not provided me any value. You've provided me with facts that obviously I stopped listening to 10 minutes ago and I'm already turned off. Right. So using that aspect of how can you create value is how, how can you just, yeah. How can you add something to the world or how can you add something to somebody's day or how can you add something to the conversation that's, that's driving it instead of just beating it to death. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I, I love what value means. Yeah. I think I'm just so sick of hearing it. (laughs) Just that word. I don't like, it's kind of like coach. I'm trying to find a different title than coach. Cause when people hear business coach or they just hear coach in general, they instantly think I'm a therapist. Yes. Oh my God. It's so sexy. And you know, know, like I want to be a life coach. I'm like, there's not, you know, are you a life coach? No, I don't fix people's lives. I work on people's businesses specifically on their prioritization. Yeah. Like even narrowing it down even further. And the coaches that I work with, that's one of the first things I do is, you know, we work on their message. What really is your angle? What, cause every, you know, there's a ton of coaches. What I show people is not anything new. It's from Jim, John Maxwell. It's from Jim Rohn. It's from all these people. However, I've customized those pieces that worked for me and formulated this system and I explain it in a different way and connect to a different person. So what is that problem that you solve that's going to separate you from the herd? Because if you say I'm an executive coach, they're like, all right, great. But if you say I work with executives who are overwhelmed and suffering from imposter syndrome, now you've got to hook in, right? Oh, well imposter syndrome yeah, yeah. You know, so, so titles N-word. and that's actually another going way back to the beginning of our conversation that's another procrastination device that i i hit with people well i don't know what to title myself so don't title yourself nobody cares they just care yeah. what you do like yeah yeah 
it's impressive to say I'm an international business development coach and speaker, but then I hone it in with my message. Sometimes I don't even say that. I just say, oh, I work with women business owners and help them prioritize their time, their profit avenues and themselves correctly. Oh, like, so yeah. Ultimately you want to get beyond your title, right? Exactly. You want to get to the problem. You want to get to the person. Yeah. When you hear Bill Gates, you don't, he's no longer the CEO of Microsoft. No. Right. He's just Bill Gates. Gates. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, it's just Madonna. It's just share. It's just, just (laughs) yeah, it's, you know, it's, you don't want it synonymous with a title and people get too hung up on that thinking that that's, what's going to help them sound more professional. doesn't matter what, if you don't know who you want to work with in the problem that you're solved, your title is nothing but just words on a business card that somebody's going to throw away. Like it's, it's a, it's a moot point to quote friends. <laughs> it's just, it's a cow's opinion. So yeah, it's, you know, so going back so would to you actually recommend someone rebranding then to change titles or just let that go. I mean, if they have a title and they really love it score again, I'm not here to reinvent your wheel. I'm here to make sure that you are prioritizing things correctly and they are giving you the return of investment mentally, emotionally, and financially that you want, need, and deserve. So if, if like, somebody has a title and they're like, that's my title, I'm like, okay, great. But I'm not going to let somebody not move forward in their business because they don't have a title. The title. Yeah. Right. So like, for example, with me transitioning from, I never really use this as a title, but if I go from marketing consultant to now creative consultant, same thing because i because i have that you i'm not wasting time trying to figure it out you know yeah instead of so i'm i'm saying i'm i'm torn mel i can't decide between creative consultant um creative guru creative coach expert (laughs) creative creative thought leader let's just throw in all the buzz terms yeah influencer influencer yeah influencer yeah you know, what should I do? I don't think I can go on until not to do that voice with people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, they do have a voice. We all know the voice. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the way you guys sound. I'm just going to be. Yeah. That's, that's, it's your podcast. Keep it real. LP. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's the Eeyore voice. Like, I yeah, don't know what to do. Come back and still listen. We're, we're, yeah. we're giving you value. Exactly. We're giving you your buzzwords. It's, it's, the, you know? it's the tough love you need. Yeah. But yeah, if, I mean, honestly, it's, it's all about your message. Cause I, I have a client I worked with for almost two years and we went through several elevations in what she wanted to do because it was again, with resource she had now and what her strengths that she had, she started off as doing web design. And then the more that she got into web design, the more that she realized, no, I really love to educate people on how to create web design. Okay, cool. But her message was still the same because she loved to educate people through the process as she was developing their websites. Well, now she just wanted to help them develop their websites and educate them. So we just took out a couple of words, but it was still that same core problem that she loved to solve. So the title can change. Your message will elevate pieces of it, but it's always going to come back to that same main problem, same main solution every single time. It's just going to be different levels of it. Absolutely. And I, I think I think we can find reasons to 
we can confuse patience for with procrastination, right? Oh yeah, nothing's in some happening. Good ways and some bad ways, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But and I'm, I'm guilty of that. Like, okay, things are quiet. What do I need to do to ramp things up? Well, what did what have you done already? Like, what are you really waiting for? And is it because is it quiet because you haven't really done anything and you have taken a lull, or are there people that you can follow up with? Are there, or maybe is this just a fucking rest day? Like you can have those. It's okay. If you, if you've got everything off of your priority list for the week and it's 12 o'clock on a Friday, you can be done. It's okay. Because it's, if you, if you keep saying, well, what can I add on? What can I add on? What can you add on? You're always going to be adding on things. You're never really going to a enjoy where you are. B, make sure that you're you, where you're supposed to be and C, you're still aligned with what you truly wanted because when we get caught up in the priority list and the actions, we lose focus on what we really want to create and things start to get hard because that's actually not the direction we're supposed to be going, but we think it's supposed to go because that's what we said we want to go and that's what all the action steps are for. But those rest days are so amazing because it gives you that chance to go, okay, what did work for me? What did really resonate? Is are all of the things on my party list still things, A, I need to get done? And B, if not, what are the new things now that have developed that I can add on to my priority list? Okay. So final question, maybe. <laughs> but probably... you, got, you got 10 more minutes because then I got to go pick up my kid. And I got to cut you off short. <laughs> okay. We can work with that. All right. What do you think, is this the current era for uh, women in entrepreneurship or is it the most challenging era? It's the most exciting era. Okay. I would say. Or, yeah. yeah. How would you define it? Yeah. It's, it's the most exciting. It's, but it's also, the excitement is awesome. It's the action steps that still need to be worked on. Um. There's a lot of, I was just talking to a colleague of mine about this yesterday. You know, there's all these groups now that are popping up, these women only groups, which are fantastic. Um, but there's, they're, they're being raw, raw and great and motivational, but it's the action steps afterwards that are being left out as well as how can we involve men in the conversation? Cause guess what ladies, I love y'all, but we're not going to get there on our own. Like they're, they've been there, done that. We, we need them as a resource. We need them as an ally. And we need to find that balance of what really does it mean to support fully a female business, no matter who you are, male, non-binary, whatever. But it's an exciting time because there are more resources, more companies, more leaders, more conferences are recognizing that women do think differently and have different needs, wants, expectations, as well as processes of, of how they lead. Um, but it's still, it's still, we're still in conversation though. Like this is still new stuff and this is still things where we need to keep the dialogue open and we need to keep educating ourselves and each other, no matter, you know, what you identify as in regards to sex or gender. And it's, so I'm excited about the possibilities, but I also want to make sure that it doesn't just become one big rally with no follow-up, you know? Absolutely. So that's what I'm really passionate about is, and that's why I do, I do have male clients that I love pieces and are amazing, but I do focus on women because most of them 
don't have those resources like I did growing up, they're overwhelmed. But I want, I don't want a successful female business to be an anomaly. I want it to be the norm. And the only way I can do that is to elevate those women businesses to that level and provide the resources, no matter where they come, no matter where they come from, that are going to get them to that level. So our, our businesses as women are just, their legacy is just as even keeled as every other business. I, I think that's what the end game has to be. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think anything else is really a real solution, and I don't I think you lose buy in when it's not that. As yeah. The result, right? Yeah. Okay, so you've been great. Um, we really appreciate having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I, this was awesome. Um, yeah. Um, last question is. Will you be open to coming back on the Trap Life podcast? Most definitely. I will be back any day you want me. And this is usually the part where I say, do you have any questions for me? But and if you want to, you can throw some questions out my way or you can just defer till next time. Um, I, I honestly, you answered a lot of the things as we were discussing. And I really like the way yeah. that you did go into your story and your struggles. So that gave me, um, that was, that was really awesome for me to get that insight into you. So I don't have any right now, but if, if some pop up and the next time we chat, I will definitely pose those on you. And we will actually have Mel back when we do a recap episode of the event. Um, what's the title of the event? One more time. I'm, I'm going to it, but I'm horrible at it. No worries. It's the speaker's fast path to profit and freedom. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that is tomorrow. Um, if you're in Chicago, you can still get your tickets there. Uh, it's we this episode probably won't be out, but um, for it to you make never a know. Difference, but... <laughs> <laughs> or if it's, I only even say this: if this comes out before the event, and somebody wants to speak to me more about speaking and how they can use it for their business, I'd be more than happy to offer a 30 minute phone call with them. So that that can be that could be your backup your backup offer if they don't get the tickets in time yes use the uh, promo code trep life there you go there you go all right well well it was great and i will see you tomorrow sounds great we'll see you tomorrow thank you bye bye Welcome to the Trep Life Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just a friendly reminder, if you experience value and insight from Trap Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Trap Life equations, E to the third, H squared equals Trap Life. Entrepreneurship plus empowerment plus empathy, history plus hip hop.